BYU Cougar baseball is on the air as the Batcats get ready to take the field. Rockets want deep left field. Left fielder looks up. That is a grand slam home run. This is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now to get you ready for Cougar Baseball, here's Brent Norton. Well, good afternoon, Cougar Baseball fans. BYU and uh, Portland today, game three, as the Cougars look for the sweep of this three-game series. Had a chance to sit down with Coach Mike Littlewood just a couple of minutes ago and get his thoughts before the game today. We'll go to that now. We are here with head coach... uh... Mike Littlewood, uh, right before game three of this series with Portland and boy, coach, uh, last night, what a classic ball game. Both teams, top to bottom. I mean, great pitching, good defense, timely hitting, uh, a very exciting game, and uh, it was a fun one to be a part of. Well, last night was just like the three Gonzaga games where one play here or there determined really the outcome. I think Jackson Clough's uh, double play ball, and I think it was the sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever it was, was was an incredible one of the best plays I've ever seen. That was that was kind of a game changer. Bases loaded, with um, uh, Drew Zimmerman on the mound, and and he gets a squib to first base. That was, you know, when we're we're only up one run. Mitch McIntyre and Noah Hill uh, have two out RBIs, uh, which was huge. I mean, so it's just like three or four plays determine the outcome of that game. Really well played game, both sides. A lot of fun. You've won the first two games. Um, uh, Sterner going for you today. Your number three guy and against. Uh, uh, Packard, tell us a little about those two guys. Well, Sterner, you know, just a high-riding fastball. He's, he's going to sit 80, 89, 92, but that fastball is going to look uh, a little bit harder just because his spin rate's uh, really high, and that means the, the ball's going to ride a little bit longer, um, maintain its plane a little bit longer. So guys won't take as good of swings off him until maybe the third time around. That's, that's our hope. Um, he, needs to, he needs to have a secondary pitch that he throws for a strike or throws commands that where he wants. Um, and then their guy Packard, he's a lot like <clears throat> last night's guy. We're going to see a good mix. Uh, loves his changeup. You know, last night's guy threw threw it down. Morstow was down in the zone. Um, and today's guy's Packard will be up in the zone just a little bit more. We hope, but it's going to be similar. We need to make that changeup be up in the zone, and uh, should be another uh, close ball game today. We were talking just a minute ago about the DH situation and and uh, how you've got two regular day ball players who are really two of your main main relievers at this point and bringing them in, taking them out, having a nine man thing. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting thinking about it, but like you said, uh, everything's pretty much possible in that situation. As long as you've got nine good bats in the lineup. Yeah. Once you enter your DH, uh, into the game, then you go to a nine man lineup. So if we start the game with nine position players and one pitcher, that's a 10 man lineup. And then if we ever enter our DH into a position, then we're in a nine man lineup and we have to stay that way. So Mitch McIntyre could come from left field and pitch for a couple innings, go back to left field, as long as we enter another guy in that DH spot or the DH goes in to play defensively. And then we could actually bring Austin Deming from third base and throw a couple innings and send him back there. So uh, there's a lot of different things you can do that, that way. But it, we were talking the other night. It really, we, we have 27-man active roster for league series. This really gives us 29 guys. Um, so such a benefit for us, and they're both good offensively and on the mound. That was BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood. For lineups and the first pitch, let's rejoin Brent Norton. We're at uh, Larry Miller Field. Brent Norton along with Cameron Coughlin. Coughlin uh, joining us for the first time this year. And Cam, uh, looking forward to a good game. Cougars off to their second best start in history. 16 wins, five losses. Going up against Portland here on this uh, Saturday afternoon. Justin Sterner's first pitch is uh, a little bit low for ball one. 
Yeah, Brent, it's important for BYU in this game to get this series sweep. Um, it'll all help them really with their confidence in getting to the West Coast Conference Tournament and being a top-four team. 1-0 pitch is over for a strike. Home plate umpire is Jimmy Craig today. Sean Lampy at first. Kenneth uh, Dalt Durham, the second base umpire, and Ruben Candelaria at third base as Chad Stevens, the shortstop, steps back in. One ball, one strike to count. Sterner on the hill, a swing and a miss at a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. Cougars defensively have Sue at first base, Brian Call at second, Jackson Clough at short, and Austin Deming at third base. McIntyre in left, Jelilich in center, Hale in right, Noah Hill behind the plate. Same lineup uh, defensively for all three games here for BYU. And Justin Sterner is on the hill. Here's the 1-2 pitch, ball fouled up and out of play. Sterner, uh, three wins, two losses on the year, 2.59 earned run average. He's got good stuff, good velocity. It just needs to kind of find that second pitch that he can be really consistent with. Overcast, but uh, much nicer conditions than we've had the last couple of nights here in Provo. As the Cougars have won the first two, 10 to 1 Thursday night, 3 to 1 last night, and what was one of the better games we've seen here in Provo? Probably over the last two or three years. I mean, just good baseball. Yeah, BYU's pitching has been good all year, and that's what's going to help get them to the tournament, hopefully at the end of the season. So they need to keep that up today and uh, try to get this serious sweep. Two and two. Here's the pitch. That's outside for a ball. To your point, Brent, that was Sterner's first off-speed pitch that he's thrown, and that was uh, with a, a 2-2 count. He's had a couple foul balls, so he's really trying to establish that fastball and trying to find that feel with that secondary pitch. Sterner, 3-2, fouled off again by Chad Stevens. Portland, uh, 24 home runs as a team, one of the nation's leaders. These guys can really swing it from one through nine. That's really a testament to this Cougar pitching staff. They've held them to two runs in the first two games. Ball fouled off again down the right side. Cougars jumped on them early on Thursday night, got up big and rode that wave to a 10-1 victory. Then last night, they played very well behind the pitching of uh, Easton Walker through uh, six innings, gave up one hit. McLaughlin came in and threw an inning and a two-third, and then Drew Zimmerman a four-out save, and the Cougars a 3-1 victory. Ball, ball fouled off again. Yeah, Chad Stevens doing a good job keeping the bat alive here. He's fighting off everything that's been away. like to see Justin Sterner come back in, see if he can get, get under the hands with a fastball here and make him roll something over to the shortstop. Three and two the count. Sterner... Working from the stretch, and the pitch is swing and a miss. Boy, a fastball out of the zone, and Stevens just couldn't lay off the 92-mile-an-hour fastball. Strikeout by Sterner to start the game, and that will bring Matt Kelly to the plate. Yeah, it was an elevated fastball, a little bit in. Tried to get up under the hands. Ball rode up a little bit, but that's exactly what we tried to do. Got his eyes out over the plate, over the plate, pitches before, and then came back in. Couldn't catch up to the 92-mile-an-hour fastball, so nice job by Sterner. One man out, and the second baseman, Matt Kelly, steps in. He's a 273 hitter. First pitch is up a little bit high for ball one. 
Kelly, three for eight in the first two games. He is a senior out of West Lynn, Oregon. He's tied for the team lead in RBIs with 20. And that ball fouled back into the screen. Yeah, that pitch at 94. So Sterner definitely has the velocity on his fastball. And I mean, honestly, if he can be 92-94 and work in and out, I mean, he doesn't really have to show a secondary pitch probably first time through the lineup until these guys really can start banking on what he's going to throw. But if he can work in and out, move the ball up and down, and, you know, he can probably keep these hitters off balance for a little while. Ball and a strike to the pilot. Pitches inside for a ball. Justin Sterner for BYU has a younger brother who was signed. He had Tommy John, big kid, 6'7", counting on him next year. Cougars Ryan Brady just coming off Tommy John through a couple of or one inning down at UVU Tuesday night. Ball fly ball down the right field line. Brock Hill coming over and that ball will land in the bullpen area. Yeah, Brady was uh, had won a spot last year in the regular rotation, <laughs> then had the uh, problem over in Hawaii. I remember him walking off the the mound and just kind of dragging his arm and had to have Tommy John. If they can get him back 100%, this kid can really throw a baseball. Park City High School kid. One of the top recruits that uh, Coach Mike Littlewood signed in his tenure here. So two balls and two strikes. As Sterner struck the first batter out. Now set at the plate. Here's the 2-2. Up just a little bit high for ball three. That's interesting watching Sterner. Usually starters who are regular starters don't go out of the stretch, but Sterner seems more comfortable out of the stretch. Sterner, a sophomore. There's a ball hit up the middle. Uh, Jackson Clough, good shortstop, snags it, throws him out, two men down. Clough had played early in the year at second base, a little bit at third base, and then they gave him the start at UVU on Tuesday night, and he, when, when they came into fall ball, he was one of the considerations at shortstop. Matthews, the young freshman, won the job, but uh, Clough has been out there, and I'll tell you, he made a magnificent play last night for the Cougars in the fifth inning on a sharply hit uh, ground ball, turned it into a double play, and Clough, uh, one of those kids just off his mission. Boy, came back and just right back into it. Uh, no letdown at all. Yeah, and, and he's just a dynamic hitter as well, which is translating, I think, defensively. It gives you that confidence when you're going out and hitting that you can make the plays defensively as well. So it's nice to see him have that kind of versatility out there. Pitch to Lopez is over for a strike, 0-2. Lopez 0 for 5 in the first couple of games. As we've just started here, Disney Day at the ballpark. Come in, and they've got some Mickey Mouse ears, a few other things, a couple of princesses here to meet probably more of the little girls. I didn't see Callum running down there to that, meet a princess. Is that why you have me doing the radio today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course, Cameron, a former Disney person himself. Yes, for, former Disney cast member. Is that what you called yourself? Yeah. Is that yeah. really? Yeah, cast member, yeah. Even though you weren't? In a ca- I mean, you were part of the cast, I guess, a working cast. 
Swinging strike three. And Sterner, two strikeouts in the inning. No runs hits or errors through a half an inning. Cougars coming to the plate. You're on your ESPN 960 BYU Sports Network. Go to the bottom of the first inning. Brian Sue will lead it off for BYU. Cougars retired Portland in order in the top half of the inning. Brian Sue has struggled. I mean, this kid came in hitting 400. He's one for nine in this first two games with an RBI. So Sue looking to kind of get back on track. His average has dropped now down to 378. Not too bad, but not where he was. As he fouls the pitch off for strike one. Yeah, sometimes going back into that leadoff spot can kind of help you get some more pitch, see some more pitches, get some more bats, maybe get his confidence back. See some fastballs early. Hopefully he can be aggressive and jump on one in the, in the zone. That pitch is down low for a ball. One and one the count to Sue, the senior out of San Ramon. Good mix of upperclassmen and young kids. Not a whole lot of juniors on this team, but three or four seniors starting and a bunch of freshmen and sophomores starting. As you've got Sue and then call the freshman up next and, and then Hale, another senior, and then you've got uh, Clough, a sophomore, hitting fourth. Deming, a freshman. McIntyre, a sophomore. McNew, a sophomore. As uh, Sue swings and misses two balls and two strikes. Yeah, it's great to see so many underclassmen with the team doing so well and performing as well as they are. Um, see freshman, sophomore have those kind of games and that kind of confidence that early in their careers. It's, it's awesome. Two balls, two strikes. That ball's hit into center field. Brian Sue leads the ball game off with a solid single. Pitcher Nate Packard. Packard a 4.26 earned run average on the year. As he gets the start, two wins, no losses. This is his sixth start of the year. He's thrown 25 innings, given up 25, or has 25 strikeouts. Opponents hitting 253 off the right-hander. Packard. Packard, a big kid. 6'3", junior out of Puyallup, Washington. Pitched at Tacoma Community College. And that pitch is over for a strike. Yeah, we're already, Brent, seeing the first two batters. He's throwing a lot of off-speed pitches. So he's about 88 to 90 on his fastball, which means he's going to have to rely a lot on his off-speed pitches and spot those up for strikes. Um, to make sure he keeps his cooler hitters off balance. Here's the 0-1. Packard from the stretch, and that's up high for a ball. Cougars, uh, their second best start in the history of the school, 16-5. and And the five games they've lost, or four of those losses have been by two runs or less. So they've been in just about every game they've played. Sue uh, back in at first base on a pickoff attempt. And really the more impressive thing is they have allowed four or fewer runs in 15 of the 21 games. I mean, that's that's pretty outstanding, especially early in the year. 
especially cold weather school. Absolutely. You know, ERA right now, I don't remember it ever being this low 20 games in. It's right around 3, 320. Yeah, I mean, and historically, anyone that's followed BYU baseball knows that we've always had hitters and we've had good pitching pitchers, but as a pitching staff, we've struggled. We're at altitude and some different factors like that. But to have our pitching staff be the thing that's that's leading the way and to have our hitching be, hitting be able to catch up with that throughout the year, that's great because it gives our hitters confidence to know, hey, we can go out. Even if we don't hit, we may win a 2-1 or a 3-1 ball game like we did last night. 2-1 the count. To caller goes Sue. No, he took a couple of steps and stopped. Count pitches down low, ball three. It's a good job by Brian Sue. I mean, it, maybe he didn't feel like he got a great jump and shut it down, and that way he's not just running into an out-out at second base. Now you have a 3-1 count, big hole over there, heading into right field between first and second. Three balls, a strike. Call steps back in. Left-handed hitter. That is outside ball four. So the Cougars get their first two base runners on. A single and a walk. This BYU team has been outstanding this year. And in running the bases, uh, they are 28 out of 31. So they've only been thrown out three times. Got pretty good speed all the way up and down the lineup, and Brock Hale steps in. Brock uh, one for five in the first couple of games. They've walked him a couple of times. Brock Hale, two-time All-West Coast Conference performer on the preseason All-Conference team this year. He's had a tremendous career for the Cougars. A senior out of Mesa, Arizona. And here's the first pitch to Brock Hill. Looked like a straight change right there over the outside corner for a strike. Yeah, this pitcher, Packard for Portland, he's just going to try to get ahead. As soon as he gets that first pitch for a fastball, or for a strike, excuse me, he's going to start messing around with off-speed change-ups, throw the kitchen sink out of him if he needs to because he just doesn't have any overpowering stuff. Here's the 0-1. That's a fastball. Just caught the corner. It was called a strike. Yeah, it looked off. So the it is a, a strike, bit. right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Cougars, I think, you know, going back to our conversation about the pitching, I think it's the depth, too. Yeah. BYU's always had good pitching, but boy, it's always that the, the end, end of the bullpen that maybe was a little suspect. Yeah, or just guys you're counting on get, get injured or get hurt throughout the year, and to your point, the depth starts to come into question. Oh, two pitch down low. And what Mike was saying, Coach Littlewood, it is the pregame, talking about having a left fielder come in, throw a couple in, and getting rid of the DH, then a third baseman coming in and doing that. And having that flexibility is something in the past that that BYU hasn't really done. It's either been you're a pitcher or you're a position player, and you're not both. And so it's nice to be able to have that kind of flexibility. And I love that. Uh, You know, I think that's a a recruiting tool. Absolutely. I'm a kid at Stanford the last two years. Their left fielder was their closer. Kid was lights out. Boy, big, huge. He's out. He did get him. Sue looked like he ran his uh, hand into the foot, and Mike Littlewood out, talking to the uh, second base umpire very quickly. I, th- I think Coach Littlewood is arguing that he blocked the ability from for Sue to be able to get his hand back in, which he did. And I, I think that's exactly what happened. Sue ran his hand right into the leg yeah. of the second baseman. Sue had a huge I, lead. I kept wondering when he was going to throw. Now, I don't I don't know about that call. In college, uh, you can't 
block a base. Period. End of sentence. Yeah. That's just the rule. Be a huge out if uh, yeah. the call stands. The umpires are gathered together out right behind uh, the pitcher's mound trying to determine if anybody saw it. It'd be an interesting uh, if they turn the call over. It'd be interesting right here. Here's the replay. Yeah, and there, there, there it was. He went right up on his, yeah, I guess on this, his uh, foot. This, the, the thing to compare it to is when a guy is trying to score at home plate, the catcher is out and establishes position and doesn't have the ball yet and blocks and impedes the runner from touching home plate, then you'd be safe. If he has the ball and is blocking the plate or second base, maybe that changes the outcome of the play. I know in college baseball, they're, they're, you know, a, a lot of it's for the protection of the player. Yeah. I mean, the sliding into second base and the double play, I mean, they've really, the interference calls, you're seeing a lot more of that yeah. than we've ever seen in the past, and I think that's a good thing for the game. I think they're going to turn the call over and call them safe. Yeah. They're talking to the Portland manager right now, and uh, anytime that you're calling out the opposing manager... <laughs> It's That's good usually, news for BYU. Usually, yeah, bad news for that manager to, to tell him and break the news that they're going to turn the call over, and he's not going to be very happy about this at all. Well, Greg Loomis, or Jeff Loomis, is the uh, head coach, and, boy, he has done a tremendous job of, uh, no, they are going to give him third base. Oh, okay. So they will give him third base. Not so only, the, not not only, only is he safe. safe, but he gets picks up 90 feet. So. Wow. That's even better news for BYU. In college baseball, they really are clamping down on that, and uh, you could see it on the replay. Yeah. So on the replay, it actually he makes contact with his foot. Sue makes contact with the second baseman's foot before he actually catches the ball, and I think that's what the interference is. And Mike Littlewood, I haven't Great seen him move that him. quick yeah. in a long time. Man, he was out there. He was out there. Now we've got uh, a, another coach is out. I don't think that is... Uh, Loomis, maybe it is, but he's asking some questions of the second base umpire, and I'm, I think he just realized that he uh, let him go to third base. I'm not sure. Yeah, if it's technically interference of the runner, um, yeah, you I don't do know, get a base. I don't know that I, I don't know if I've seen that before. Well, the college rules are different than professional baseball. Sure. Or even interference going towards the bag, the next bag, I know that happens where they right. give you the bag. But going back toward a bag, giving you the next bag is, is interesting. I don't know if I've seen that. But yeah, like you said, college rules, it, there's some different rules for sure. One of the good rules that uh, has been implemented by college baseball this year is only six visits to the mound, period, in a ball game by oh, an good. infielder, by a coach. Really? Yes. You know how some teams yeah. like shortstop would come in yeah. every other pitch? Yes. You, you can. It counts as a visit. Yeah. And some so of, the, that some of those, managers those games will, up. They'll yes. go out there 20 times right. and walk out and then yep. walk back That's and take a gr- their time. Great change. Yeah. Well, Loomis appears to be okay, even though he's uh, still saying something as he walks back into the dugout. Cougars with runners at first and third now, one and two the count on Brock Hale and uh, trying to get back to baseball here after quite a delay. On the interference call, as Sue now to third base, and Hale, who is hitting 270 on the year, 16 RBIs, looking to pick up another one here. 
as Nate Packard rocks and fires, and Hale fouls this one at the plate. Cougars uh, will play University of Oregon Tuesday night here, 6 o'clock. I think the weather's supposed to be pretty good on Tuesday. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, St. Mary's into town. Cougars have been pretty much in the ballpark for the entire month of March. They were gone the entire month of February. Yeah. And we're going to be gone almost the entire month of April. So it's it's pretty interesting how the schedule is stacked up this year. Here's the one-two. Popped up. Catcher. Didn't see it at first. Now coming back, and that ball's going to land in the seats. Yeah, it, Brandon, it's great to see Coach Littlewood and the coaching staff scheduling the midweek games that they are with UVU, Arizona, Oregon, Cal, I believe, when they go yes. to California. It, it's just it's, San it's Diego a, State. San Diego State. It's additional uh, competition, higher-level competition that th- these Cougars will be able to see and really get a feel for where they stack up against better competition throughout the, the country. Count still one and two on Hale. Here's the pitch. Hale fights that one off. Fouls it off. And, you know, Cameron, even more importantly, the RPI. I mean, that's that's what college baseball is all about. Right. And it's unfortunate, but the Cougars play UVU. They played them twice this year. Last year they beat them by 15 runs in one game, and their RPI went down by 20. Yeah. At UVU's field. Right. It's just mind-boggling. Swing and a miss as Hale goes down on strikes. Big strikeout by uh, Packard for out number one, and that will bring uh, Jackson Clough to the plate. And so by playing these other teams, the Oregons, the San Diego States, the Cals of the world, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's putting you more on a level playing field, at least in the RPI discussion. Right, because to your point, playing those UVUs with a low RPI and beating them by 15 doesn't help you. So no, you, it go hurts. Out, you go out and play Arizona or Oregon, who are some top schools in the country, even if you lose by a run or two, it helps your RPI. Right. And those are games you go out and, you, and you're trying to win mid, midweek games because it's helping you in the long run. And as a cold-weather school, that makes it even tougher. Clough fouls this one off because, you know, they're, I mean, here there's not that many schools. Right. you got UVU and you got Utah. And the, the last couple of years with the U even, the Cougars have beat them and, and their RPI would, yeah. would plummet. And uh, so it's just a tough position to be in. And midweek games are, are difficult at best because of – Pitching and all the other issues you're dealing with, as well as you know travel and and uh, everything else. So, yeah, uh, and it's a credit to Mike and the relationships he's building with these coaches to be able to get those games because they could easily say, "No, we're we're not interested in playing BYU on a Monday or Tuesday in the middle of the week," but they are, and he's scheduling them and he's getting these games with these big schools that are out of conference. And so, credit to Mike and the coaching staff for the relationships that they're building with these other coaches and programs. Another throw to first and call back in safely. Cougars with runners at first and third. Nobody out. Bottom of the first. No score. Portland and BYU. Mike Littlewood in his seventh year for the Cougars. 197 wins now for Mike. 151 losses. As Clough steps back in. Here's the 0-1. Clough, a little ground ball. First baseman can't glove it. That first baseman was looking at the runner, Sue, run home. Took his eye off the ball, just off his glove. That'll be an E, E3. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he – I think he was confused. There were so many different things he could have done there. Maybe come home with it because it was a slow roller. He didn't know if the pitcher was going to get it. 
don't know, maybe he felt the pressure to try to get the guy at second. Um, but at the end of the day, the ball goes off the end of his glove. Run scores for the Cougars, E3, and the Cougars are up 1-0. Austin Deming steps in, 294 hitter. Deming the freshman out of Santa Clara, Utah, Snow Canyon High School. Deming, this will be his 18th at bat of the year as he just started really playing regularly here uh, the last uh, week. And the first pitch to Deming's up high for ball one. Deming, of course, a a high school shortstop. In most of fall and spring ball, they've had him playing at first base, backup first baseman, but uh, they've got him over at third. Good good eye at the plate. He uh, very good on-base percentage, even with the the, uh, few at-bats. Walked a couple of times last night. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Deming takes up, up high, ball two. Cougars leading one nothing. They've got runners at first and second base with one man out here in the bottom of the first inning. Two-zero pitch. That is on the outside corner for a strike, and we can see right now that uh, Jimmy Craig's going to give you that pitch. Off the plate a little yeah. bit. I say that ball looks like it's off the plate a couple of inches, which means as a, as a hitter, you just have to be aggressive. When that pitch is around the plate, you got to be aggressive and, and go after it because you don't want the pitcher to get ahead and be able to nibble on the outside part of the plate and be able to get that call from the umpire. Here's a 2-1 pitch. That is, again, looks like off the plate. That went even a little bit more, but he gets the strike call. And the count evens up at two balls, two strikes. Deming slightly open stance to plate, batting from the right side. And the pitch. Swing and a miss, and Deming goes down on strikes. Two men out, and it'll be up to McIntyre. Mitch has uh, had a good series, three for eight, five RBIs. So so one thing we've seen from Nate Packard up to this point, he's working inside out. He's working both sides of the plate. He's, I mean, right there he could have nibbled even further outside where the hitter's eyes already are, but he came back in and challenged inside and, uh, and got the hitter Deming to swing and miss. So good job by, by Packard. Let's see if the Cougars can adjust here, jump on something early. Pitch to uh, McIntyre is down low, ball one. Mitch McIntyre, a big uh, RBI in last night's ball game. Cougars won that one 3-1. Call at second base. And a runner at first base also for BYU. And pitch to McIntyre is down low for a ball. Clough excellent speed at uh, first base. They're playing uh, McIntyre pretty much straight away in the outfield. Just a little bit of breeze blowing today out toward uh, left center. Not enough to make much of an impact. That ball's hammered into right field. Base hit. 
Here comes call around third base. Here comes the throw, and he'll score. Big two-out base hit by McIntyre, and the Cougars up two to nothing. Yeah, great piece of hitting by McIntyre. Fastball middle in, and he drove through the hole between first and second for the RBI and the second run for the Cougars. That's exactly what BYU needed is timely hitting. Looking at the replay here, really a good swing. Drove the ball hard through the, through the hole there and was able to play to run for BYU. Boy, how big are those two out hits? Absolutely. I'm telling you, it just picks everybody up. Yeah. I've got a timeout. As the head coach, Jeff Loop, uh, Loomis out. As BYU on a pair of hits. Have uh, plated two. And now DJ McNew. McNew, a um, sophomore out of uh, Mountain Grove, Missouri. 6'2", 195. This kid's got some pop. And uh, Coach Littlewood likes to call it thump. But he can swing the bat. McNew, uh, 6'2", 195. Uh, he went to State Fair Community College. was a big prospect, a shortstop. And had a knee problem. I think ACL. And so he's just a sophomore coming to BYU. And uh, I think they're expecting big things out of uh, D.J. McNew. He was, a, he was a good get as a recruit. Yeah, the cool thing is, too, Brand, is just the size of the players that BYU has in their starting lineup is amazing. They're all 6'2", 6'1", 6'3", and they can all drive the ball and play multiple positions. First pitch to McNew is called a strike. That strike zone seems to be getting wider and wider. Yeah. We're only in the first inning. Wow. Yeah, if I'm Packard, I just keep nibbling and see how far I can yeah. go. No balls in a strike to DJ McNew. Runners at the corners for BYU. They've already pushed two across. And Nate Packard fires, and there's a ball hit slowly out to the third baseman. He's got it, and he'll throw McNew out. Cougars score two in the inning on two base hits. No errors, and two runners left on base. We're through one complete, 2 nothing Cougars over the Portland Pilots on your new skin, BYU Sports Radio Network. For more BYU baseball, let's rejoin Brent Norton. Go to the second inning. Cougars up uh, two to nothing on a couple of base hits. Trace tomorrow will step in. Tomorrow one for six with an RBI. And the first pitch is uh, outside ball one. Tomorrow a uh, big six three two hundred and twenty pound freshman. Look at this kid. Big body, good player. Four home runs already this year, 16 RBIs. Cougars have done a good job against him so far. Count down, low ball two. Oh, he won around, I guess. They just checked it third. Okay. Tomorrow, out of Clayton, California, not sure exactly where Clayton is. Here's the 1-1. That uh, almost hit him. 
California's so big now, it's like their own country. You can't keep track of all the towns and Absolutely. cities. Absolutely, yeah. We'll have to check out where that is. Talking to a, a Malibu boy here next to me. Yeah. I just thought everywhere had the ocean in California, and then oh. I went to Bakersfield and Visalia and some of these other Riverside. places. Riverside. Yeah. They don't have an ocean <laughs> there. 2-1 pitch, a swing and a miss on an off-speed pitch there by Justin Sterner. Two and two the count. Sterner. His pitch is a little bit inside for ball three. Sterner's pitch count. He's gone uh, deep into the count, every batter that he's faced. Yeah, he's definitely having trouble commanding his fastball. Um, Really, he's only thrown uh, a slider maybe twice. Ball hit pretty well. Center fielder Jelilich is right there in his tracks, and he'll make the play for the out. Well, he's come back, you know, he gets a 3-2 count, and he's throwing strikes. I mean, the, the good thing for Sterner is he's got high velocity. So even he's missing, but he comes back 3-2. Um, he's throwing 92-94. to 94, Then that's just going to benefit him. Um, and, and, and that's hard for hitters to catch up to if they're used to facing 88-90, to 90, especially in college. So if he can really start establishing the zone, though, and keep the ball down, then he can throw his fastball for a couple innings here. Now, there's a uh, fastball that was called a strike in the last half inning, but that one's called a ball. Pretty inconsistent back there by the umpire. One ball, no strikes. Here's the pitch from Sterner. Big swing and a miss from Hunter Montgomery. And, Brent, you see the umpire sets up. Every umpire sets up either inside or outside. He's sitting up on the inside part of the catcher on a right-handed hitter, which means the, the outside part of the plate's farthest away from him. So he's probably going to miss those ones to get outside a little bit more. On one pitch, another good fastball, 93 from Justin Sterner. And the count now one and two. Again, if you're Sterner, you're just throwing fastballs in and out, just working inside, outside, and make, making these guys show you that they're going to catch up to your fastball and hit your fastball hard. Here's the one-two. Swinging, strike three. Came back and blew it right past him. That's the third strikeout by Sterner in the ballgame. And Blake Porter, center fielder for the Pilots, will step in. Portland in the uh, middle of a renovation of their field. It will be completed by next year. Beautiful facility. Have you been there? I have not. They have lights uh, there? Yeah, they just put lights in. They've got a field like the Cougars here, turf field. Pitches over for a strike. Uh, the last uh, uh, part of it will be uh, dugouts and uh, infrastructure as far as the uh, stadium. It's just a beautiful right there on the Willamette River in Portland. Pitches over for a call strike two. Well, that was at 96. Um, I don't know if that's exactly right, but even if it's just a little wrong, <laughs> a couple that's hours. Still that's still impressive. Yeah, right? still, if it's still 94. I doubt it was 96. Yeah. Maybe it got a little water in the jugs gun or something, or overnight rain. Well, he sawed him off right on the handle. And uh, the batter, Porter, just uh, fouled one down the third baseline. That's one that'll hurt the hands. Yep. If that was wood, it hurt a little bit more with that metal. It's a little more protection. 
Justin Sterner off to a good start here for BYU. Fastball, and he strikes him out. Four strikeouts. Nice Sterner. No runs, hits, or errors. We're through one and a half. Cougars two. And the Portland Pilots nothing on your new skin BYU Sports Radio Network. Foot Insurance Agency is a local independent insurance agency with offices located in Provo and American Fork. Foot has been serving satisfied customers for 38 years. Foot has competitive rates for auto, home, and business insurance. With Foot Insurance Agency, you'll get more than just a 15-minute phone call. You'll get a lifetime of personal service. Call Dick Foot or Ross Schofield at Foot Insurance today at 801-374-0395 or get a free online quote at footinsurance.com. You named your son Steve, Jimmer, and Lavelle. 1984 is a place of joy to you, not a dystopian book. Your blood runs blue despite what science says. You're BYU, and we get you, because we give it our all to ensure the Cougs can too, be it injury prevention, rehabilitation, or orthopedic surgery. And we do the same for you. Intermountain Utah Valley Hospital, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Learn more at intermountainsportsmed.org. Hey, BYU, Discount Tire wants to know, what kind of baseball fan are you? Are you a committed fan, a swing-for-the-fences fan, a shout-at-the-umpire-for-that-call fan? You're out! No matter what kind of fan you are, we're all fans of safety. So don't wait till it's bottom of the ninth and the bases are loaded. Stop by your local Discount Tire today for a free tire safety inspection. Discount Tire, America's neighborhood tire store. This is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougars' Noah Hill will step in. And he fouls the first pitch off for strike one. Noah Hill hitting 365 on the year. No home runs, eight RBIs for the senior out of Flower Mound, Texas. Hill had a big two-out. RBI single last night to give the Cougars a 3-1 lead in the eighth. What a difference that is, having a two-run lead versus three, or a one-run, a two-run lead versus a one-run lead, and uh, that certainly a big momentum shift in that ball game. Well, then you have a guy like Zimmerman coming in and throw 95 to close out the game. That always helps as well. 0-2 the count to Hill. He'll be followed by uh, Jelilich, the Cougar center fielder. And that pitch is down low and outside for a ball. Portland uh, hitting 256 as a team. They've got an ERA of 3.19. So their team ERA is a little less than the Cougars. And the pitch, and he'll hit this right at the shortstop. He's up with it, and we'll throw to first for the out. So Hill grounds out 6-3 for out number one. That'll bring Jelilich up. Cougars uh, conversely hitting 280 as a team. Have an ERA of 3.22. Both teams like to run. Cougars uh, a little better at it as far as uh, percentage-wise. As Jelilich steps in with one man out, Danny 
steps in, had a uh, bunt single or a hit in last night's game and then tripled down the fir- uh, first baseline on Thursday night. Yeah, Brent, this is a guy that we need to get going for BYU. This is a guy that can run. He's got pop. He's a good hitter. He's just scuffing a little bit right now. But if we can get his confidence up, string some hits together, get him back up to the top of the lineup, it's just a huge advantage for BYU. Swing and a miss. You know, you say he can run. You will appreciate this. 3-9 to first base. That's really I good. Out of the right 6-4, side. 6-4, 2-15. Yeah. I mean, when you uh, – it's fun to watch him run. Yeah. I mean, when he gets – when he gets going on that triple, I mean, the ball didn't even get to the wall, and he was around second base, basically almost a stand-up triple. And, and bunting right now is a big part of his game. And the I think it's great. Pilots know it. He had a he pushed last night. Yeah, got the first baseman to field it, and there was no chance. I think it's great. He's using every single weapon in his arsenal to be able to try to get on base and create opportunities for himself. Two balls and a strike. As Jelic steps back in, that pitch is over for a call, strike two. And that's a tough thing right there. He, he takes one for a ball that he was going to try to bunt, then a 2-1 fastball, outer half the plate. It wasn't like it was on the black. It was just middle away, and he looks at it for a strike. And that's right now what he's struggling with is jumping on those pitches that are, that are right there that he should be driving. 2-2. Two and two. Here's the pitch. Jelic fouls this one off down the right field side. We are in the bottom of the second. Cougars leading two to nothing over the Pilots of Portland. Cougars uh, right now three wins, two losses in the conference. Portland one and four. Portland uh, lost two of three in San Francisco last week, and the Cougars, of course, lost two of three from uh, Gonzaga last weekend here. Trying to make up for it with a sweep here today. There's a curveball that drops in for a strike. Jelilich knew it. Two men out, and Brian Sue will come to the plate. Yeah, that was just a, a slider, outer half the, the plate, started in middle and then went away. And uh, Gelovich knew it, like you said, as soon as it was called strike three. And that this is just, you know, as a young hitter, this is just a, a learning opportunity for him to try to figure out a way to get out of this the slump mentally because that's really what a slump is and to try to gain some confidence back and, and kind of get into a groove. Sue takes a pitch over for a strike. Jelich's brother Matt played at Pepperdine for four years, and so he came to Provo and and uh, got a chance to see him every time we went down to uh, Malibu at Pepperdine. That ball, little looper, right fielder is there, and he'll make the catch for the out. And the Cougars are retired here in the second. No runs, hits, or errors. We're through two complete, 2 nothing. BYU over Portland on your new skin, BYU Sports Radio Network. This is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the ballpark and Brent Norton. Go to the third inning, Cougars up 2 nothing. Cody Hawken, left fielder for Portland, will step in against uh, Justin Sterner. Popped up on the first pitch. In comes third baseman Austin Deming. Deming in fair territory, makes the play for out number one. Yeah, one pitch, one out. That was a, a big league pop-up. That thing was up there for a while. But, again, Justin Sterner just being aggressive with his fastball. We talked about it multiple times, 92-94. 
if you just around the plate, you know, make these Portland hitters prove that they can hit his fastball. And so far, they haven't been able to do that. Sterner's first pitch to Henry Cheney. That's over the inside corner. Cheney uh, did not play Thursday, started last night's game, and back in right field today. Here's the 0-1. That is uh, outside. Ball in a strike. Little looper. Jelich has got to come hard. He's going to get there and make the catch for the out. Got a good uh, jump on that baseball, and with that speed, it was easily able to run that down. Two men out. And the thing with Jelich is you you love him. You you need him in the lineup just because the way he can run down baseballs in the outfield. He's a dynamic player. I mean, he's a five-tool guy. Guy that can can do it all. He can hit. He has some power. He can run. He can field. He has a good arm. There's the ball hit pretty well into right center field. That ball is going to be in for extra bases. Elski, who is his first at bat of the series, doubles in the first pitch he sees. Well, Brent, exactly what we just talked about right there about Gelich. That ball is in the deep right center part of the, of the gap. And Gelich gets out there, runs it down, fields and throws in one motion and holds him to a double. And that's a big play. Uh, pass, if guy's on third, pass ball, run, scores. Uh, so you have two outs, guy in second instead of guy in third. That's a different set of circumstances for the pitcher and for the BYU defense. So exactly why you have Gelich in the lineup. That brings uh, Chad Stevens to the plate. He struck out his first time. Sterner from the stretch as he has the entire game. A swing and a miss. Four strike one. Stevens, a uh, sophomore out of Fox Island, Washington. Big kid, 6'4", 190. And when when the Cougars joined the West Coast Conference, uh, Portland was kind of the doormat, really, yeah. in baseball. Tell you, this uh, Loomis, Coach Loomis, has done a, an incredible job of recruiting. He played at Portland in 1994. And uh, he's done just a, a magnificent job in my eyes. And yeah. you look at their stats, and they're leading the conference in a bunch of offensive categories as well as almost all of the pitching categories. They can throw some guys out there at you and uh, really turn things around. In fact, the conference this year, they, they've got 15 wins. Next to the Cougars, they have more wins than anybody in the conference. And they played a very representative schedule. 0-2 pitch, little looper. Brock Hale coming over. He's going to get there and make the catch for the out. And the Pilots are retired here in the third inning. No runs, one hit. No errors, one man left. We're through two and a half, two nothing. BYU over Portland on your new skin BYU Sports Radio Network. For more BYU baseball, let's rejoin Brent Norton. At the bottom of the third inning, Brian Call will lead it off for the Cougars. Cougars leading two to nothing. Over Portland, only t- three hits in the game. Two by the Cougars, one by Portland. As Call will step in, he grounded out to the shortstop. His first time up. Disney Day here at the ballpark, so the the princesses are here. They're throwing out the t-shirts and 
They're just saying uh, Mickey Mouse ears, and they just saying "Let it go" as a crowd, like Neil Diamond. That's going to yeah, become a regular at the ballpark now. <laughs> One ball, no strikes, and the pitch is outside for a ball, two and zero oh to uh, Brian Cull. He said last night uh, Brian's dad, uh, coach at Mater Day High School down in. The L.A. area, uh, just a high school known for its tremendous sports teams. and yeah. Not coaching there anymore. Brian played for him there at that uh, school. 2-0 pitch. That's on the inside corner for a call strike. Yeah, one thing Nate Packard's doing really well is he's working both sides of the plate, you know, away, away, and then coming back with a fastball in. That was a 2-0 fastball. He didn't just pipe it down the middle. He threw it down under the hands of Brian Call. And Brian couldn't pull the trigger on it, so nice job by Packard. There's a base hit into center field. Call around first base. Center fielder Porter picks it up quickly, gets it back in, and that's why Brian calls in the lineup. They just love his approach. Yeah, well, and exactly what Packard did that pitch before on 2-0, getting under his hands. This pitch was right down the middle, out over the plate, and Call uh, just took a great swing. And hit it right back where it was pitched, right back up the middle for a base hit. So, uh, you know, call getting something going here with no outs in the bottom of the third for the Cougars. So Brian came back in the fall after his mission and just really had no clue, just really struggled kind of getting back into the scheme of baseball. But uh, came back after the break and and uh, has really put it on. And now he's kind of earned himself a starting spot as uh, Brock Hale swings and misses at a curveball for strike one. Yeah, Brent, we were, I was having a conversation with a friend about which sport is most difficult to come back from after a mission. And I argue it's baseball. There's so many nuances to timing and your swing mechanics and all these different things where, you know, basketball, it, the same thing. You have mechanics in your shot. In football, the same thing. But I just think it takes longer in baseball. And we've seen guys come back throwing 90-plus before their mission, and they come back and they never regain that velocity. And we just don't know why. It's just something that happens. And so... I think baseball is the toughest sport to come back to after your mission. 0-1-1 the count. That ball's fouled off by uh, Brock Hale. Brock uh, only one hit in the series so far. And what's the toughest thing to do in sports? Hit a baseball. Hit a baseball. Hit you a, got a round hit ball a round and a round ball square. <laughs> and a round ball and a round bat. Yeah. And you got to square it up. That's right. And you're unsuccessful. If you're successful three out of ten times, you're you're an all star. So, it's uh, it's such a mental game, as well as uh, all the physical attributes of it. And uh, Kalen Hall, you've probably been keeping up with that. Uh, he's playing in the spring football game right now. But you talk about a prospect. Yeah, he well, didn't, had didn't, the big hit against the UVU Tuesday night. Came in late. Yeah, didn't put he him play in as a pinch hitter. Spring ball and then come over here. After oh yeah, he well the spring game is now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he he's been practicing, kind of going both ways, and and uh, Sataki loves it. Sataki yeah. says, "I love that we got guys out there that are that athletic." Yeah, and I I am totally in favor of it. Yeah, and you'd find a lot of coaches that wouldn't oh, yeah. agree with that. Hundred percent, and it's a credit to Coach Sataki. And again, we talk about a recruiting tool. Kids says, "Oh, I love to play baseball and football. Great, come and play baseball and football." Mike Little, it'll be all for it as well. It's going to help both programs. It helps the kid. Uh, you see what happened with Kyler Murray. I mean, drafting the first round of baseball and now drafting the first round of football in the next month. So, One-two pitch. That ball drilled a deep center field. Center fielder going back, looking up. This is off the wall. 
They're going to hold call at third base. Great play by that center fielder to take that ball on one hop. Or call would have scored for sure. And a big hit right there by Brock Hale. Yeah, Deepest that, part of the ballpark. That ball just kept traveling. It just kept going and going, and you almost thought the center fielder had a beat on it, and then all of a sudden it was over his head. Then it was off the top of the wall. So, uh, you know, Brock Hale has been doing that for four years here at BYU, just hitting the ball over the ballpark and has tremendous pop. So, again, Cougars getting something going, uh, getting the elevated fastball, driving it early in the count. And you have McIntyre, or excuse me, Cluffup, who's been one of the hottest hitters for BYU all season. Nobody out. Runners at second and third base. Portland back in the infield. Ground ball up the middle. Will score a run. And Clough steps in. First pitch is outside ball one. Going back to that Kalen Hall. I know Aaron Roderick, the the quarterback coach. I saw a quote from him about Kalen. And he says, I love that he's especially doing that in baseball because he said it is mono-e-mono in baseball. Yeah. I said, you're out there alone in a batter's box trying to hit a baseball. Yeah, and I said he said that just does nothing, but uh, but uh, help uh, you know you as a as an athlete. There's a ground uh, fly ball hit down the right field line, and uh, it is just a little bit foul. Oh yeah, I meant I meant Jaron. I think I was talking about yeah. I was saying Keelan. That's his dad, of course, who played here several years ago, but. Yeah, Jaron Hall. And I've had a chance to talk to Jaron and say, hey, uh, Jacob Hanneman, yeah. same situation. Yep. And here Hanneman ends up being the first pick in the s- uh, second round of the Cubs. Right. And Coach Littlewood has said if he was with us the entire year he, as a return missionary and a draftable kid, he doesn't think there's any doubt with his with his 100%. skills and his and his body type that he'd be drafted. Well, and Coach Littlewood had Jaron playing in the first series down in Northwestern, and you could just tell this kid, like Gil- Gelwich, is just electrifying. He's dynamic when he's out there. He's up in the box, and it, everything just explodes when he swings, when he runs, everything he does. So, yeah, if he put the amount of focus on baseball, he could be just as successful in baseball as he is in football. Pitch, Clough hammers one foul down into the bullpen area of Portland down the right field side. And the count remains 2-2. Two and two. Cougars trying to add to their 2-0 lead here as we play the bottom of the third inning. Cougars with uh, a single and a double here in the third against uh, Nate Packard. And right here, uh, Clough just trying to hit a ground ball somewhere, basically, up the middle if he has to. He'll get, a, he'll get an RBI, and there it is. That's a base hit over into left field. Three consecutive hits for the Cougars. They lead this one by a score of three to nothing. But a great bit of hitting right there. Took a pitch on the outside part of the plate and just drove it to left. Yeah, Brent, it's a great piece of hitting by Clough. Pitch was away. It was elevated about belt high. And he just hit it through the shortstop uh, between short and third. And again, with this AstroTurf infield or this turf infield that BYU has, all you have to do is hit it hard on the ground and you're going to find a hole. The, the grass isn't slowing the ball down like a traditional uh, grass field with dirt. So there's a lot of hits to be had if you just hitting the ball hard on the ground out there on the field. Austin Deming now will step in. He struck out his first time. Deming the freshman, Snow Canyon High School product. Will step in against uh, Nate Packard with uh, Brock Hill at third base. 
and uh, Jackson Clough at first base. And quick throw to keep Clough uh, close. Clough uh, leads the Cougars. He's got five stolen bases in five attempts. And Brent, really the key to successful hitting, uh, successful hitting in general, is your approach. Using the entire field, not just cutting it off and pulling the ball all the time. And Clough showed it right there. He used the left side of the field. He could have tried to pull it and ground it out to second. Instead, he hit it hard and got a single to the left. Here's the pitch. Deming hits this ball just foul down the third baseline. Big high hopper. Clough would, or uh, Brock Hale was on his horse. Had it been fair, he would have scored. So no balls and a strike to uh, Deming. Portland now has sent a couple of guys down to the bullpen. Starting to loosen up. Looks like a left-hander beginning to throw. As Deming with a chance to pick up a, an RBI. He's got one on the year. As we mentioned, just limited, limited activity. Just really began starting on Tuesday of this week at UVU. and They like his approach. They like his confidence at the plate. He came in uh, from third base and, and pitched the ninth inning on Thursday night here. Here's the pitch. That is a slow curve ball. Came in at 73 miles an hour that drops over the outside corner. And so far what we've seen from Nate Packard is goes away with a, a 1-1 or an 0-1 slider for a strike. And he likes to come back with a fastball in to the right-handed hitters. We'll see if he does that or if he tries to nibble back on the outside part of the plate. Still nobody out here in the bottom of the third. And here's the 0-2 to Deming way outside for a ball. Cougars now three runs on five hits. Portland uh, no runs on one hit through three innings. Cougars looking to put a crooked number up there in this inning. Here is uh, Nate Packard. One-two pitch. That ball gets away from the catcher. Brock Hale's going to score. And Clough will move to second base. Not sure. uh, Ball just down low. And the catcher, uh, Dutton Elski, just unable to get the the glove down far enough. And a big break for the Cougars. They now lead 4-0. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it looked like uh, the ball was down. Elski tried to get in front of it to block it. It just went in the five hole between the wickets for Elski and uh, under his glove and, and right past him to the backstop. So fortunate for the Cougars now, scored a run up 4 nothing and uh, runner on second and nobody out still for Deming. Two balls, two strikes. And the pitch, that's way outside for ball three. Deming struggling here in the uh, fourth. As the lefty for Portland really starting to heat it up in the bullpen. Three and two the count. And here's the pitch. Ball hit pretty well. Deep right center field. Center fielder going back. He's not going to get there up against the wall. Deming will double in a run. And the Cougars lead five to nothing. Deming has tremendous power to right center, and you saw it right there. Yeah, again, we talked about approach with Clough, and you have Deming that comes up. 
ball it looked like a slider that was out over the plate and he just drove it to right center field kept his hands back and to your point he's got tremendous power and it's nice to see the Cougars using the big part of the field here and the ball is going to go forever and and roll forever on this turf we're going to get a uh, pitching change we'll take a 90 second break be back with more Cougar baseball action right after this on your new skin BYU Sports Radio Network this is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 28 for Portland. 29 for Portland into the ball game. That's uh, Cole Wilkinson, freshman left-hander, comes on. Cougars have put three on the board in this inning on four hits, two singles, two doubles, still nobody out. And uh, Mitch McIntyre will be the hitter. As uh, Cole Wilkinson taking his final warm-up tosses. Wilkinson on the year. One win, one loss. This is his seventh appearance, all in relief. 5.14 earned run average. He has thrown seven innings. Given up nine hits, six runs, has four strikeouts, and eight walks. So has had a little bit of command trouble, problem this year. And he doesn't throw very hard. He's 82, 84. So One of those crafty left-handers? Cra- crafty left-handers. Mitch McIntyre, left-hander, steps in. And here's the pitch. All right up the middle, that is going to be through for a base hit. Cougars are going to score another run on the single, and they lead now 6 to nothing as Deming scores from second base. Five consecutive hits by BYU. And again, the good approach by BYU. McIntyre, first pitch from the lefties right down the middle, and he drives it right back up the middle. And again, on this turf, the ball is going to travel through the infield quickly. And with McIntyre's speed, there was no chance anyway, even if he fielded it cleanly. But an RBI for McIntyre, and the Cougars are starting to pile it on here uh, with four runs in the third and no outs. And this turf is exactly the same turf that Portland has in their ballpark. So right. they're, they're used to the bounces. They're used to definitely the turf being a little bit wet, like we uh, it probably still is today after the rains the last couple of days. As DJ McNew steps in, and he takes a pitch outside ball one. I'd love to see DJ get going. Good kid, very athletic. So McNew steps in. Got a new uh, center fielder also for Portland. Ball's fouled off. It's uh, Travis Turney. We saw him a little bit in yesterday's game. I didn't notice that the center fielder did anything wrong. If anything, I yeah. thought he made a couple of good plays off the wall. Yeah. Maybe he got hurt or something, pulled a pulled a muscle. He did have to run a few times out there to right center field to field the ball. So to your point, maybe he came up lame after uh, some runs. 1-1 one, one pitch. And here it is, the McNewen. That's outside for ball two. This is a chance for McNew to really let the ball get deep, not try to jump out with it. The pitcher throwing 84 miles an hour and his changeup right there at 74. Really let the ball get deep, just try to drive it right to up the middle, right center field as a right-handed hitter. 
Not try knock it out in front and roll the ball over to short. Two and one the count. Wilkinson uh, throws one softly over to first base. So Travis Turney into center field. And he'll hit in uh, Porter's spot in the lineup. And here's the pitch to McNew. Big swing and a miss for strike two. Cougars with two in the first, four so far here in the third. Still nobody out. Five consecutive hits by this Cougar team. As uh, Wilkinson, kind of a funny little setup out there. Kind of a jerky little setup before he gets ready to pitch, and that ball's fouled straight back. Yeah, you know those crafty left-handers, yeah, they'll do anything. He, he, he's to throw left-handed. You off. He's left-handed, so you know they're always doing <laughs> so that's normal. A, a little stuff. different. Hats always a little sideways. One sock's always higher than the other. That's just a left-handed pitcher for you. What they're doing with McNew right now in the first at bat and this one, they're really starting to jam him in, trying to make him prove in the first at bat he got jammed and rolled the ball over to third. And so far they've come in a lot with him. We'll see if they do it here with another fastball. 2-2 pitch. Noah throw to first base again. Trying to keep uh, McIntyre close. Uh, Mitch has excellent speed. Mitch, a sophomore out of Tooele. And another one of those two-way players, uh, McIntyre and Deming. You're going to see them a lot on the mound this year in relief. 2-2 pitch. McIntyre going. There's the throw down, and he will pick up his fourth stolen base of the year as McNeuse strikes out. Looked like it was a pitch again off the plate. The McNews yeah. over there talking about it in the dugout. It, it was a, it was a backdoor slider uh, to McNew, and yeah, ball was probably borderline. But with two strikes, something like that, you got to be protecting. Maybe the runner going distract them a little. Well, bit. Well, especially but. with this umpire. I mean, yeah. you've had three innings to watch him. Yeah, and everyone in the dugout, you know, the hitters are talking and telling everyone, "Hey, this guy's got a big zone, especially a way to a righty." So you got to protect. And right there, uh, McNew unfortunately couldn't protect. Noah Hill fouls the first pitch off. Well, the good thing is the Cougars have another runner in scoring position at second base. Yep. And Hill, who grounded out to the shortstop his first time up, will step back in. It's nice to see Noah getting some playing time. Just a great attitude for his first three years at BYU. Kind of had some spot playing time. Now he's behind the plate full time as the number one guy. And Hitting 359, doing a good job. Here's the 0 1. That's on the inside corner. Yeah, and to Noah's credit, I mean, he came here as a middle infielder. He was playing second base and saw a need, and we had a need at catcher, I think, last year as a backup position, and he continued to work hard and was able to win the starting job this year as a senior. So, real credit to Noah Hill and all the work that he's put in. No balls, two strikes. As Hill sets himself. And here's the pitch 
from the lefty. That pitch is inside for a ball. Wilkinson in relief of uh, Nate Packard, who went three-plus innings. And uh, all the runs are go to him as he gave up six. Pitch is outside for ball two. Justin Sterner for the Cougars has been awfully good on the mound. He's only given up one hit through three innings. This is the only thing that you're concerned about when you have a long inning offensively is your pitcher that's been out there and has been dialed in and really throwing the ball well, getting cold or getting out of his rhythm. So hopefully Sterner can you know, stick with it as uh, the Cougars have a long inning here hitting. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Popped up over near the first baseman tomorrow. He's there and will make the catch for out number two. So after five straight hits, two outs on the board, and that will bring Danny Jelilich to the plate. Let's see if Danny can be aggressive here. The pitch to round the plate. We'll see if Wilkinson starts him off with a changeup, see if he goes chasing. But if I'm Gelich, I'm looking first pitch fastball, middle, and just driving right back up the box. First pitch to Jelilich is a little bit down for ball one. Danny struck out looking his first time up. We mentioned uh, last week Cougars and Gonzaga in a three-game. It was a battle. Boy, it could have gone either way all three of those games. And Gonzaga came out uh, and won two. Cougars felt like they really needed to sweep here this weekend to kind of get back on top of things. Pitch is over for a strike, one and one. Their goal every series is to win the series. You do that yep. and you're... Almost guaranteed to be uh, Absolutely. a one or two seed. Uh, but the thing that really starts to separate you in the conference and then nationally is when you start sweeping series. And that's what BYU needs to do here today. One ball, one strike. And here is Wilkinson's pitch outside for ball two. Wilkinson, I can't tell if it's the fox trot he's doing out there or the little Texas two-step yeah. before he, it's before really, he fi- rocks and fires. It's actually interesting. I was thinking of, of maybe how he developed that over time. I mean, he, he, I think he does it three or four times where he kind of has this little twitch with his front leg before he comes set. But he does it like two or three times. Yeah. Here's the 2-1 to Danny. Swings and misses, 75 miles an hour. Yeah, that was a straight change. And, and I'm sure Wilkinson's sitting there thinking, you know, doesn't have the great velocity, so he's, yeah. I got to do something. You know, yeah. I've got to. And, and with a 2-1 changeup, straight change, now with Gelich, you're, you have to think he's going to throw another changeup here. Maybe get you to chase one that's down a little bit more in the zone. So Gelich just has to be patient, let the ball get deep. Here's the 2-2. That hits him. Or take a fastball yeah. off the side of the lake. Jelilich has been hit more than any Cougar player this year. Danny Jelilich 
check that out. That's uh, ninth. He's been hit uh, nine times, been hit, hit three times in this series. He kind of hangs over the, yeah. the plate, and he's got the the, he's big. the, the, the body armor on that yeah. uh, left arm. And I'll tell you, if, if uh, Sue is able to hit one in the gap, and you're in this ballpark, just watch Jelovich run. Kid that big to be able to get going. Runs like Coughlin used to, but you're just you're a little was, smaller. Uh, yeah. Pitch to Brian Sue's outside ball one. Still waiting for my growth spurt. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to happen. No, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I thought the doctor said G- I give still up on that one to grow. Maybe you could get back into the game. Yeah. <laughs> if you grew six inches. That's true. Go to one of those open tryouts. Go play in the Frontier League or one of those independent leagues. Here's the one off pitch. Sue pops up. First baseman going out. That ball is going to be a fair ball and land in fair territory. They're going to try to score Jelic, and here he comes. He scores easily. Jelic. Got a, a little flavor of his speed as he scored easily from first base. Cougars lead eight to nothing on the little bloop double by Brian Sue. Yeah, sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good, and, and Brian not hitting it as solid as he would have liked, but uh, found a spot where no one was, and once it hit that turf right inside the right field line, it bounced hard to the right field fence down the line there by the bullpen. And uh, to your point, Brent. Jelovich just and McIntyre, I think it was too. Both those guys can fly, and so it was fun to see them go from uh, first first to home on a bald short right field and uh, score the eighth run for the Cougars. That brings Brian Call to the plate with a runner at second base and the first pitch curveball over for a strike. I feel like when Call is up, you can just tell that he knows what he's doing up there. I feel like I mean, just looking at his stance and the way he has his setup and his approach. It looks like the kids can just hit. Yeah, pretty confident. Yeah, you just get that feeling when you see him up there at the plate. No balls, one strike. Cougars eight runs on eight hits. They've scored six in the inning. And Wilkinson steps off, looks at second, didn't make a throw, nobody there, but uh, Sue had a big lead. Got to be really a nice day for baseball. Yeah. Uh, sun kind of peeking in and out of the clouds. And no breeze or anything. It's good crowd so in nice. the ballpark, and why not? Cougars, sixteen and five right now, really playing the game the right way. Call takes that one over for a strike. So we mentioned uh, Coach Littlewood down in the third base coaching box, assisted by Trent Pratt in the first base box, Brent Herring. Also on the staff, as well as Michael Bradshaw, first-year uh, pitching coach, and uh, Tuckett Slade, director of baseball operations. That ball's fouled off, and call stays alive at the plate. So BYU with six hits in the inning and six runs in the inning. And Nate Call with two outs steps back in. Sue, good speed at second base. And here's the pitch, and Call 
I think, uh, tried to check his swing, but went around. So Nate uh, strikes out to end the inning. Cougars with uh, six runs, seven hits. There were no errors, one man left. We are through three complete. Cougars eight and Portland nothing on your new skin, BYU Sports Network.